Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by Daniel McCarthy, who is editor-at-large of the American Conservative. And we're going to be discussing whether special prosecutor Robert Mueller can bring down the Trump presidency. So, Dan, we learned today that special prosecutor Robert Mueller has been using a grand jury in his investigation into Donald Trump's Russia ties. What does that mean and how significant is it, do you think? Well, it's not uh, totally surprising. So what this means is that uh, there's a grand jury which can uh, issue subpoenas. It can force testimony from just about anyone. And uh, it can ultimately issue indictments if it finds that, um, uh, you know, uh, it has grounds to believe that uh, crimes were committed or, uh, you know, that it wants to go after somebody. Uh, grand juries are notorious for taking a very long time to uh, get results, which mm. means that uh, the Mueller investigation, which I think all of us were already expecting to take a very long time, is now pretty much certain to take months, if not years, uh, as it continues to basically go on a fishing expedition. Grand juries have very broad powers uh, to investigate uh, all kinds of things. As you say in your excellent piece this week, it's driving Trump crazy. I mean, it seems to be driving Trump crazy or crazier, maybe. Well, that's the problem. He's really, I think, exacerbated the whole problem. And uh, he did it first by firing Comey. Uh, he subsequently dug himself a deeper hole by speculating on the possibility of firing uh, Robert Mueller. Um, there's nothing he can really do uh, that is not politically suicidal to derail the investigation. So the investigation, one way or another, is going to take place under some leadership, uh, whether that's Comey, whether that's Mueller. You know, if God help him, he does fire all these people. It just means someone else will take over. So the best thing Trump can do, really, is simply to lie back and take it, so to speak. He just has to um, let the investigation take its course and be prepared for whatever it finds. This could really essentially be a thorn in his side for the rest of his presidency, really. Well, it could be. Uh, you can think back to the Bill Clinton administration when uh, you had a uh, you know, special counsel, an independent prosecutor, looking into uh, what started out as a, a real estate deal, what started out as the Whitewater investigation, Yes. And which over time developed over the course of years into an investigation into Bill Clinton's sex life and whether he had lied, you know, in a civil suit about sex. Um, the same thing is going to happen with Donald Trump. This investigation will go on and on, and it will not remain, uh, you know, just focused on uh, Russia in, Russian interference in the 2016 election. It's going to balloon into, uh, you know, Trump's finances in general. And, you know, that may only be the start. Who knows what else is going to follow uh, in the months and years to come? Yes. And you don't have to be a sort of knee jerk Trump phobe to think that Donald Trump's past business life is, is not altogether clean. Well, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he is in real estate to begin with and yeah. international real estate at that. I mean, this is a, a, a you know, sort of famously, um, even when it's not a matter of sort of black and white corruption, it's a matter of a lot of gray. You're dealing with people who, you know, may have ties to the mafia or may have ties to, you know, shady governments or whatever. So I'm sure there are, you know, everything from minor infractions to potentially much larger things uh, that will be uncovered. So a fishing expedition will always, you know, come up with something, uh, you know, catch something in the nets. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the key thing, I think, for Trump is just not to overreact to this. Yes. If, uh, you know, if Bill Clinton had reacted to the investigation of Whitewater the way that uh, Trump has reacted to the Russian investigation, there's a very good chance that Clinton actually would have been impeached. So uh, a president just has to uh, accept that there are... Um, 
certain uh, you know annoying gnats that are going to keep buzzing in his ear. But that's uh, that's life. And so I think what you're saying is, short of total exoneration, it's a it's a major problem for Trump. Well, it depends. It's a major problem if he makes it a major problem. It's yeah. uh, it's a minor problem if he learns to manage it better. Now it could be that there is you know some sort of um, terrible treasonous collusion to be discovered, mm. but I don't think that's the case. I think at most. Uh, you know, there are going to be minor infractions and, you know, maybe some real estate deals that uh, are kind of embarrassing. And, you know, I think the thing that maybe worries Trump the most is the idea that this will start to reflect badly on his business acumen and on the sort of interests of his family uh, in maintaining their businesses after the presidency. So the whole empire, the whole family empire could be threatened. Um, but in terms of criminal wrongdoing, uh, you know, it, you know, one never knows. Perhaps there's something really terrible. But so far, uh, nothing remotely criminal has been uh, detected. Yes, and in fact, I mean, if something illegal happened at this meeting between Kushner and and some Russians, it, it could actually be something quite minor that's technically illegal, right? That's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, you know, right now you're seeing a lot of commentary which says that um, you know there may have been a violation of campaign finance laws yeah. by taking this meeting with a Russian who claimed to have dirt on Hillary Clinton. But even that requires a, a stretch in the definition of the campaign finance laws. Yes. Uh, this Russian woman was not offering you know, financial incentives to the campaign or anything like that. She was offering information which you know, may or may not have actually had any value and which – I mean the whole thing is, is just so vague and so difficult to figure out that um, I, you know, I, I don't see anything that looks you know, uh, as if it's even a strongly prospective uh, criminal action here. I see something that – you know, was certainly politically inadvisable and unwise. Yes. Um, but, you know, the investigator is going to have to try a lot harder if they want to get something that will actually stick. But Trump is so irritated by it that he's further harmed his relationship with the Republican Party, it seems. Well, that's true. Trump, uh, you know, he will speculate on firing Mueller. He will speculate on firing Sessions in order to put in a new attorney general who would fire Mueller. And all of this has, um, you know, political ramifications that he doesn't think through before he opens his mouth. Uh, Republicans in Congress are not going to take a bullet for this. They're not willing to, uh, you know, suffer tremendous embarrassment and losses in uh, the next election uh, because they're trying to, you know, uh, run cover for Trump as he, uh, you know, tries to, you know, single-handedly terminate an investigation into uh, what happened in the last year's election and, you know, God knows what else it's going to be investigating now. Yeah. So the Republicans in, in Capitol Hill, I think they've lost their patience with this nonsense and uh, they've made it very clear they're not going to let Sessions be fired or replaced easily and uh, that they uh, would consider it totally unacceptable to fire Mueller. And, and Senator Jeff Flake wrote quite a punchy piece in, I think it was Politico, really saying enough's enough, we've had enough with Trump and Trumpism, haven't you? Well, that's right. Jeff Flake is in a very difficult position. He's running for re-election next year in the state of Arizona. The Arizona Republican Party, uh, you know, John McCain is his colleague, his other uh, senator from Arizona, uh, the Arizona Republican Party seems to be in the midst of a bit of a civil war between uh, moderates and uh, Trumpians. Mm. And then uh, the state of Arizona itself, you know, potentially could uh, wind up uh, going Democratic. So Jeff Flake has chosen to take a very strong stand against Trump and to try to um, recreate a Republican brand that can uh, stand on its own two feet without uh, the president. And uh, it's anyone's guess as to whether that's going to succeed. So it's a brave move on on Jeff Flake's part. Mm. Whether it's going to be politically successful is a, a very big question. The gamble among Republicans like Flake is that if this presidency ends in four years, they can take the party back over. I think that's the thought of some people in the party. But I think increasingly Republicans are aware that there is simply no going back. So even if 
the worst happens and Trump resigns or gets impeached or otherwise there's some you know, horrific uh, occurrence, politically speaking, uh, that the Republican Party is simply never going to be the same again. And mm. um, you're starting to see senators like Tom Cotton, for example, from Arkansas, who have adopted parts of the, uh, the Trump uh, approach to politics. So uh, Cotton, for example, is sponsoring uh, legislation that would uh, significantly reduce uh, legal immigration into the United States, for example. So the Republican Party is going to have identity problems uh, long after Trump, no matter how this presidency ends. Yes. And actually, Trump is having his own problems with, with Trumpism, I think. Is, it, is that fair to say? I think that is fair to say. Uh, it's kind of shocking to look at the way that people like Steve Bannon and Jeff Sessions have been treated recently. Mm. So Steve Bannon was insulted by this uh, idiot, Antony Scaramucci, who was brought in as a, a very short-lived communications director for uh, for the White House. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Sessions has been getting bullied by Trump for months, for, well, for weeks now, I should say. Uh, behind the scenes, it's been happening for months, but publicly it's been happening for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Jeff Sessions is one of the most uh, ideologically reliable uh, immigration restrictionists and law enforcement Republicans that uh, anyone on the right could ask for. Yes. So, um, you know, grassroots Trumpians look at this and they say, you know, if Trump is treating a loyal guy like that so badly, this is a bad sign. Yes. And then you can look at the way that uh, Bannon gets treated by some of these uh, New Yorkers, and you can say that, uh, you know, uh, the ideological uh, base that is uh, very um, close to Bannon, uh, like uh, Breitbart, for example, mm. uh, the publication, they can't be happy at all with the way they're watching uh, their guy get treated. I remember talking to quite a few Republicans last year who would, and they would sort of justify their support for Trump by saying, well, Sessions says he's okay. And if Sessions says he's okay, then that's okay by me. So it's quite significant that they're falling out with each other. It really is. And Sessions is also well-liked and well-respected by his Senate colleagues. Yeah. And uh, I think Trump uh, underestimated how much damage he was doing to his relationship with his own party in Congress by uh, treating Jeff Sessions this way. Um, what will be the next phase, do you think, in this special investigation meltdown? Could he fire Sessions? Uh, I don't think he's inclined to do that right now. And uh, having put in a new chief of staff, uh, General Kelly, mm. it seems as if uh, Kelly wants stability and um, certainly sees Jeff Sessions as a you know responsible adult and someone who should stay in office. There really aren't a lot of easy options for Trump if he were to fire Sessions because uh, the Republican Congress, the Republican Senate has basically done two things. First of all, they are not going to adjourn during uh, the summer. What this means is that if they had adjourned, uh, uh, Trump could appoint a, an interim uh, uh, attorney general. Because they're not going to um, uh, adjourn, Trump can't do that. He would have to go through the regular procedure of confirmation hearings yeah. uh, in order to get a replacement for Sessions. And second, the Republicans on the Judiciary Committee have said their calendar is full. They are not going to consider any uh, attorney general appointments, uh, you know, in this calendar year. Yeah. That means if if um, Trump were to fire Sessions, he can't replace Sessions until the Republican Senate agrees to do so. And in the meantime, uh, Rod uh, Rod Rosenstein, who's the um, you know uh, lieutenant to uh, Jeff Sessions, and who's actually the guy who appointed. Um, uh, uh, Mueller as the uh, uh, independent counsel, mm. that um, Rosenstein would be the one in charge. And uh, that's the last thing, the absolute last thing that Donald Trump wants. Yes. What do we know about Mueller? Let's talk a bit about what he's like. He sounds like a particularly dogged, sort of determined legal mind. Well, sure. He's a former uh, FBI director, um, yeah. which is one thing that concerns Donald Trump. He thinks that uh, Mueller is uh, probably too close to uh, James Comey, to be objective here. Yeah. Uh, but Mueller has a, a very strong reputation. Uh, you know, he's generally a Republican himself. He's uh, served under Republican administrations. 
Uh, Mueller is not considered to be a, a partisan Democrat or a liberal who uh, would have uh, an ordinary sort of axe to grind. Now, he might have a kind of professional axe to grind here. He may just be so sort of indignant about the treatment of Comey that he's now out to get uh, Donald Trump. Trump and uh, you know his staff are looking for dirt on Mueller, and they'd like to uh, sort of fire back at, uh, at Mueller. Mm. But I don't know if that's a wise thing to do. I mean, it seems as if Mueller has enough uh, respect and credibility that attacks on him are just going to, um, you know, just going to egg him on to, you know, try even harder. And I don't know that, uh, you know, Washington, D.C., I don't know that even Republicans are going to back up Trump on attacks on Mueller. Is there an extent to which you think Trump is, when he says that, you know, this is a witch hunt and he's, he acts like it's a tremendous distraction from him getting on with the job of Trumpism and making America great again, it's actually unconsciously because he knows that he's the making America great again isn't going that well, certainly on a legislative front. No, I think it genuinely is a distraction. I think he's he's not uh, wrong about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can look at the history of uh, special counsels, you know, going back decades, and uh, they always turn into these prolonged investigations that wind up, you know, prosecuting people usually over pretty small stuff. Mm. So Trump is right. This is going to be a major, major headache for a long time. And, um, you know, it the whole Russia issue really has uh, distracted him from his agenda. If you look at uh, the sanctions, for example, that uh, Congress passed, um, which apply to Russia as well as to Iran and North Korea, and which uh, Trump has now signed into law rather unwillingly, mm. um, you can see how Trump's whole political credibility has been, uh, his political capital has been se severely depleted by the investigation and by this sense that um, he is somehow uh, Vladimir Putin's puppet. Yes. So um, he's he's correct. There really is uh, serious damage being done to his agenda by this investigation and by the media hype that surrounds it. And it's pretty much all the Democrats have, really, isn't it? It's, it's just to keep banging on about Russia. That's really true. I mean, just uh, in the past day, the Democratic governor of the state of West Virginia switched over and became a Republican. The Democrats really are in terrible, terrible shape. They have very little, uh, you know, sort of clear leadership within their party, very little clear direction. And as a result, um, they're, they're just a negative party. They're just attacking Trump on Russia. Uh, they're attacking Trump on other fronts as well. But they don't seem to, uh, you know, have, have the trust or confidence of the American public. And uh, that's going to be, you know, make for an interesting election next year in, in Congress, because even though the Republicans obviously have a lot of scandals to deal with, uh, the Democrats don't really seem to be gaining traction among uh, the public. Yes, that's a sort of unwritten story. Well, I mean, I think a few people have done it, but the failure of the Democrats is is as grave as, as the shortcomings of Trump. Right? Yeah, basically, um, you know, in the past five years, both parties have faced a crisis where their existing political establishments simply ran out of steam and no longer had legitimacy in the eyes of the public. The Republicans faced this crisis and came out of it with Donald Trump as their nominee for president last year. And it turned out that Donald Trump, despite all of his flaws and eccentricities, um, by sort of embracing the uh, the moment, he won the White House. He actually delivered the political success for the Republican Party that people like John McCain and Mitt Romney had never been able to deliver. Mm. So the Republicans bit the bullet and actually changed the party. They changed the nature of what they stand for, and they succeeded by doing so. The Democrats did the opposite. They had a chance with Bernie Sanders to really embrace the 21st century, as shocking as that sounds, because Donald, um, you know, Bernie Sanders is an old politician, yeah. and his socialist point of view seems very uh, out of date to many people. But it actually really excites young people, and it, it, it does seem to have a certain currency for the issues of the 21st century. Yeah. But the Democrats uh, shut down Bernie Sanders. They went with Hillary Clinton, a safe choice. And as a result, I think they are stuck in the past. They are stuck in the politics of the 1990s. 
And until they confront that and really shake up their party as radically as the Republicans have done, they're going to continue to lose. Well, Dan, that's very, very interesting. I hope you'll talk to us again about it soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Freddie. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes. So please do and have a very nice weekend. (laughs) 